Welcome to Virtual School Assembly. I'm your host, Tyler Christensen. I'm a productivity speaker, author, and classroom teacher. Here at Virtual School Assembly, I interview Hollywood celebrities, professional athletes, Olympians, speakers, and educators who share messages of inspiration, education, and hope to better prepare you for an ever-changing and uncertain world. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. All right, welcome back to Virtual School Assembly. Today our guest is Anthony Trucks. Anthony is a former NFL athlete, an American Ninja Warrior, an international speaker, host of the Shift podcast, and the founder of Identity Shift Coaching. He uses cutting-edge science and psychology to upgrade how you operate so you can elevate your life and reach your full potential. Uh, we'll get into a story, but just a little bit of a teaser here. After being being given away into foster care at three years old, he was adopted into an all-white family at 14. He lost his NFL career to injury, and so he's gone through all these ups and downs in his life, learning how to shift from a very early age. Now his life mission is to teach others how to make shift happen in their lives. Uh, welcome to the show, Anthony. Thank you for having me, man. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I love your, your story because this is something that happens to everyone at some level, mm -hmm. right? Life doesn't happen the way we planned, even when we're at the top of our game. I mean, you made it to the NFL, you lived your dreams for a, a moment, you know, and then things are taken away. Um, but let's start at the beginning, because I don't think a lot of kids realize how challenging it is to go through the foster care system and the likelihood of you ending up in prison or, yeah. you know, with all those things. So just tell us a little bit about your childhood. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where it's it's one of those situations I don't like that it happened, but appreciate that it happened. But yeah, I was, uh, mm -hmm. I was given away three years old, and I bounced around from house to house about five houses before I was six years old. At six, uh, I landed in a household that's my family now. Uh, it's interesting. I was, you know, only black kid in a poor all white family, and and so my childhood was one where I had a lot of instability. Didn't feel like I mattered didn't know my place in the world uh, and the people that were supposed to love me and take care of me didn't like I was beaten and abused and tortured in a lot of the foster homes so like my life was not a very fun one to be to be honest like it wasn't and so if you look back at those days a lot of us uh, as kids when we're dealing with situations we don't comprehend how that affects us in adulthood and like you had kind of before mentioned like most foster kids statistically 75 percent of inmates in a prison have spent time in foster care and 50 plus percent of the homeless population are former foster kids and less than 1% of foster kids like me will ever graduate from college. So statistically, we're not set up to do well. And a lot of it comes from the way our lives begin. And unfortunately, a lot of these kids, they're, they're given these situations that they can't come out of. Uh, and so thankfully, um, God willing, my mom, you know, adoptive mom willing, like they, I got some tools that allowed me to press on and build this person over time, my identity to be the guy who believed more in myself than the numbers did. Hmm. And, and so as you were going through this, obviously you had things stacked against you as a, as a kid. Uh, was mm -hmm. it, I, I know sports obviously were a major part of, of your upbringing. Was that a mm -hmm. refuge for you or, or what kind of role did sport play in you yeah. overcoming those obstacles? Sport was that thing that gave me a sense of mattering. Now that's what we're all seeking to, you know, as human beings, we have this desire for acceptance. When we're kids, we have the same desire for acceptance. The problem is like our identities are being programmed unintentionally. Mom's telling us stuff, dad's telling us stuff, teacher's telling us something, sister, brother, cousin, you know, principal, they're all telling us things about what's right, what's wrong, it's combating. And so we're trying to find ourselves within all of this. And, uh, and I think for me, the reason sports became this good refuge, like you said, was a place, it was a place for me to go and enter my effort and create 
who I wanted to be as the outcome, right? I, I wanted, I wanted to run hard and I want to do something. It doesn't matter if you want to play flute, you want to play basketball, you want to, you know, mow grass, you want to, I don't know, go out and, you know, make rock balancing towers. Like, what well, doesn't matter what you want to do. When you start giving your energy towards something, the return is always, I am more confident because I created this and I did this. And so for the kid or kids who are like, man, I don't, I don't feel like I'm anything. I don't, I don't feel like I matter. I don't, I don't get my love you from my mom or dad. The teacher's always mad at me. I'm always in trouble. No, I'm never good enough. You're putting all of your self-worth and self-confidence in entities that at the end of the day aren't you, but you're letting them validate you. And you can easily go out and spend time creating something in a private time with just you and you can validate you. And so football was that for me. I get to go out and do this thing that spent some energy, spent some time, but I got the, I got the strength and I got the speed and I made the plays. And all of a sudden now I'm like, all right, I'm a football player, right? Right. Or easily could have been like, all right, I'm a tuba player. Like it doesn't matter what I was doing or what anybody's doing. You got to find the thing that you can pour into that fills up your cup. Right. And, and the pouring into for you set you up for success later in life. Obviously, right now, you're not a football player. Um, mm-hmm. When you were in high school and then when you went to Oregon for, for university, was there ever thoughts of doing other things or was it always, I'm, I'm going to be a football player? You know, I, uh, it's interesting. I don't even know when it always changed for me. So when I was in high school, I was like, all right, I just want to go to college. Right. And then I was like, all right, I can play college football. Let me do that. And I got to college football. I had no thoughts of NFL. Then I was like, oh, I could do the NFL. Let me try that. Huh. And then when I was in the NFL, I didn't really have thoughts of after. I just, I've always been a guy that uh, I'll plan, but the plan is like, what's the next step? Right? right. And so that's the one I was worried about at the time. And, and I realized that in that pursuance of the next step, I gathered and learned and figured out and built more tools. So when I arrived at the next step, I had a full backpack of tools. Cause I kept, I was always pushing, right? I didn't just stay right. at this level and then get shoved off the cliff. I always had tools that, that I was learning because I was always trying to stress what I had to do to get to that next level. So uh, I think for me, like, it's interesting. I, I didn't think I'd be doing this. I had no idea what life after football would look like. Nobody does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be honest, when I got out of football, life fell apart man. and like life broke. And I, I had to rebuild my identity multiple times to get to the guy I am now. And he's still growing. We're always still growing. But yeah, that was kind of the thing, man. Always over time just got built. And it was an interesting, has been an interesting journey to now. Yeah. Well, so it is interesting. You're kind of the shift guy. So you talk, when you do speaking, you talk about identity shift. You have your podcast, you've written books. And you talk about how to make that shift. Now, that's part of the reason why this channel even exists. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a speaker like you are. And I was really starting to love being on the stage and things were clicking for me. I'm going to a TED talk and on my way to the TED talk, they canceled it because of COVID. And then oh, the assemblies wow. I had scheduled that week were canceled and I was bummed out, but I thought, mm-hmm. you know, kids need assemblies. And so we created this virtual school assembly I love to, it. to bring love people it. on. And, and that was a major shift for me. You know, normally over the summer, I make money doing other jobs this summer. I spent money to build this channel up. It's yeah. been a crazy whirlwind, <laughs> but cool. But I think that the key here is no matter who we are, our life is going to take some turns that we don't anticipate. Things are going to go wrong. We're not going to be where we thought we were going to be. And in many cases, that's a good thing. We're going to be a place that's better than where we thought we'd be. Um, So as you talk to people about shift um, Mm -hmm. and really coming to terms with who they are and, and understanding their own identity, what are some things that you could tell kids that maybe, you know, right now have a really uncertain future? They don't know what to expect yeah. next year or the year after that. 
So what's yeah. just some general advice that you could give kids as, uh, along the lines of shift? Yeah. Uh, I'll leave with this. Embrace the suck. I'll lead with that because <laughs> you just you just described a lot of things that suck, right? Right. And I think what happens is when you get older, when we get older, there the problem is when things fall apart, we have mm-hmm. more responsibilities. We have a wife, and we have kids, and we have businesses, we have employees, right? There's just more responsibility. When you're a kid, you can suck and nothing's gonna go wrong. You know, like it will. It'll feel like the end of the world, but like oh, there's so much more. Because here's the thing that I also realized in my childhood and how it affects like what, what I look at now. Mm-hmm. There's a statement which said, goes, a smooth sea makes not a skilled sailor. So essentially, a smooth sea doesn't make a, a sailor very skilled because they're just used to smooth. So when a sea gets rocky, I don't have any skills. I'm, right. I'm falling apart, right? So when you're a kid, that's the time to go out to the, to the storms of the ocean. Go learn. Get your sea legs so that when you're an adult, you can handle much more of it. And so right now, what's beautiful about the identity work, what I'm seeing is it's kind of like this concept of shifting with shifting times. Mm-hmm. We all are being forced to do it. Most of the time, people want to do it proactively. I want to lose weight. I want to get an A. I want to try that sport. Whereas now, it's like we're being forced. Learn at home. <laughs> you know, exercise somehow. Do assemblies. We're being forced. And, and so people right. who aren't able to shift with shifting times they get drugged like that horse that gets drugged along the dirt, you know, and like it busts its knees and it sucks as opposed to a horse that's pulling it. The one that's riding out ahead of everybody. And so for the kids right now, we're sitting at home saying, man, it's a lot of stress. I don't know what to do. Mom and dad, you know, school, all this kind of crazy. Embrace the suck. Lean into it a little bit because the more you fight it, the heavier it gets because this is a new world we're leading into. And you could be the one drug into it or the one who leads into it. And yes, it is going to be hard. It's supposed to be hard. And, and when you keep leaning in and doing more hard things and embrace the suck, here's the beautiful thing. The hard things get easy because you're normalized to them. Think about when a kid wants to first ride their bike, you know, or shoot a basketball. I don't know how to do that at first. I'm a grown man. I still can't shoot a basketball. <laughs> but like there's things that I like, it, it's hard. But the more you do it, the better you get, the easier it is. And now all of a sudden what scared you you have joy. Look at me popping a wheelie on my bike right now, dropping threes, you know. So work, kids, work towards that. Work towards embracing these sucky moments with like a kind of weird joy knowing it's okay if it goes wrong. You just learned the lesson and this is the time to learn it. Now, let me push back on that a little bit because in the moment, it is really hard to embrace the suck. When yeah. things are going wrong, when you just got sent home and you don't get to graduate with your senior class because oh, you're yeah. learning from home now, niece. that's that's so, I mean, it sucks. It's, it's really crappy mm-hmm. and it's hard to be happy or positive during that time. Do you have any thoughts about how we can embrace the suck? What are some things we can do so that yeah. we're not in despair? So we're not just curling up in a ball and eating ice cream all day. Yeah, yeah, which is part of it. It's cool, man. I, hey, I'm the same way. I've, I've lost on a great deal of income, speeches I was supposed to be on. I, I feel yeah. it too, man. I, yeah. I am living what I'm talking, literally right <laughs> now. And so one of the things I do is I find gratitude in the things I do have because there's people that have the ability to have a school and go to school online. Yes, you missed a prom, but like, yeah, there's going to be something that at the end of the day, like you have to be grateful for because it gives you a new perspective on life. And also right. you got to borrow a joy. Like you have to literally, when you're in those sucky times, you don't want to talk to anybody. I genuinely have to borrow joy from people. And I say borrow specifically as opposed to steal. So whenever I borrow somebody's joy who has more joy than me, that means hanging out with friends, talking on the phone, talking about how I I feel crappy. 
-hmm. be around people that got joy because they'll find a weird way to make you have some of that. You'll walk mm -hmm. out of that, that moment in time feeling a little bit, a little better. I'm not saying fix your problems, but like you feel better. And the more you borrow it, you end up having it. And then the more you have it, you have more to give. You have more you can share. And, and when you share, you get more joy. Because when I was at a dark place and I got out of the dark place because I borrowed joy from people, I get joy from sharing this. I love that this is taking place, right? right. So that's a process we can all do. And so for kids, they're probably like, man, it's, that's far-fetched. You're this grown man played in the NFL. I get that. But I was also at one point a 10, 11, 12, 13, 40, 16-year-old kid. And I had joyful friends and I had a mom that diagnosed with MS and I had you know, situations I had to deal with in school. Like I, I, I've been arrested as a kid, dumb things, right? Mm -hmm. But these are all things where in those moments that I was really keen on, I just, I cut people off. I got grateful for what I had. I, I borrowed joy from people and I kept putting one foot in front of the other one. And little by little, I got happy. I'm not saying embrace the suck and like, yeah, I lost my problem. Where's this? You know, like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying breathe for a second like literally breathe for a second settle in like okay this sucks and now you have two choices and these are the ones that are big kids choice one is i have to create an excuse and feel bad and get mad and this excuse wins and i don't make progress or i get to seek a solution now the solution gives me hope and it changes my outcome so you get to either seek a solution or you get to seek an excuse and here's the crazy thing Whatever one you seek, you will find. So seek more solutions than you seek excuses and you'll find that destination of a little bit more happy. Cool. I want to wrap up with just, I, I want to talk about one experience that you had that kind of illustrates this. I know that, so even after the NFL, you, you had a business venture with your gyms that didn't go as planned and it was kind mm -hmm. of a, a struggle. And Very then- welcome with things going wrong, you were able to turn things around, get back into really great shape. And ultimately mm -hmm. you were on American Ninja Warrior, which I think yeah. so many kids dream of that. <laughs> what did it take for you to kind of turn things around when you were kind of in that crappy moment? Yeah. What did you do to find that solution and to borrow the joy so that you could then ultimately get your life back where you wanted it? Yeah. You know what I did? Uh, and it's hard to do when you're a kid. It's hard to do even as an adult. But the biggest thing I did was I had to look at Anthony and see what was wrong with Anthony. What did Anthony need to work on? What did Anthony need to do? And so for me, the first step is always look at you because you are the common denominator. Hello. We got people. Just so you guys know, this is real life. I'm in a real life summertime hanging out with the family and friends. So the reality is find out what you got to work on. Because the moment that you can figure out what that is, and it may not always be fun, now you can do work to get better. And the Ninja Warrior thing was interesting because my wife signed me up and that was her giving me some joy. She signed me up. I didn't even know about it. Next thing I know, I get a call from a TV show like, hey, you're on. Like, oh, all right, let's go try this thing out. And so I'm now the former, first former NFL athlete and almost only former NFL athlete to hit a buzzer on the show. Uh, and it was a cool journey, but it started years before I even got, you know, in the situation with my wife at the time. But it started with me sitting down and saying, man, what does Anthony have to do to be better? Because when I can own that, I can give myself permission to progress, to do better. Cool. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for sharing part of your journey with us today. And, and I love this whole message of embracing the suck. That's such a cool concept. Um, if kids want to follow you, I know you're big on Instagram and in Facebook. Yeah. Um, is there a, a best place to follow you? Yeah, Instagram, man. It's probably the best place. I'm more active there. So I'll just go to Instagram. Check me out. At Anthony Trucks. Can't miss me. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Really have enjoyed Welcome. hearing your message.
you so much for joining us today on Virtual School Assembly. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you listen to Virtual Assemblies. And leave us a rating and review so we know what you learned and took away from this Virtual Assembly. Videos and show notes are found at virtualschoolassembly.com. And if you're a school leader and you're looking for a speaker for virtual or traditional in-school assemblies, or if you're looking for some teacher training, I'd love to connect with you to see how I can help. You can check out my website at tylerchristiansen.com. Thanks. You are super duper. Let's go out and make the world a better place. Bye-bye.